The following is a presentation of Cover Your Assets and is offered by Rooker Financial Coaching and Consulting. You're trying to build your income, your business, your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful information? Todd Rooker. For decades, Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd Rooker. Good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? And welcome to Cover Your Assets. <clears throat> Today's show, Evan, is a discussion of creative financing. Uh, I, th- I feel like I'm kind of doing something, being a little more specific, that I've probably not not done before. I, I talk about things that go on during the week in our office, but I rarely get too specific. Uh, but I, I expect that there's... Uh, People out here would like to look, know a little bit more. I've always kind of thought that that uh, some of the things that we talk about here are uh, what I don't want to say. I, I I work hard to to make them more understandable by the general public, but maybe are at a little bit of a higher level, maybe a little bit. And so, <clears throat> for those of you who are looking for that, this might be a great show for you. So the the point of uh, creative financing is is for the purpose of creating wealth uh, in investment real estate. Now, this could be applied to, to anything, a business or anything else that you want to purchase uh, or make money with. And uh, whether you are the, as I like to call them, the finder, that means the person who finds the opportunity, the deal, and uh, puts it together, figures out how to how to improve the situation. You know, you don't want to buy the best business that's running flawlessly. You don't want to buy the best piece of real estate, investment real estate, whose uh, rents and operational expenses are being run perfectly. You want to buy the one that has the opportunity. That's what everybody's looking for. So when I say that, think back to something that most all of you could relate to, and that is the last real estate crisis that we went through, where housing values were decreased by 30 and even 40%, and sometimes more on the higher level, 50%, even higher. <clears throat> well, what, what if, knowing what you know now, how that housing market came back, um, and it's obviously slowed down now because of the interest rates, but but then there's a point there too. That's where the opportunity is. But imagine if you knew that you could buy property at a 30, 40, and 50% discount, and in just a few short years, five years later, 10 years later, you could have sold those properties for more than twice as much, more than twice as much. Would that have been a great opportunity? Well, hey, everybody's looking for that opportunity. Everybody is. As though as though they're everywhere. Well, you know, here's the funny thing. They are still out there. But bringing them together and doing them is a whole different ball game. And see, that's the issue. Because I hate to say it, but most of you just simply aren't prepared for that. It's all interesting, but you'd never do it. Because... 
either one, there's an amount of zeros behind the numbers. It's not a hundred thousand. It's a million or it's 10 million or it's a hundred million. And that alone just freaks most people way out. Or the fact that they just don't understand it, don't believe it has anything whatever to do with them, don't take the time to understand it, don't believe that they have the money. It's kind of like trying to explain how great a Ferrari is to somebody who's driving a Honda. I mean, it's, you know, they're not interested in hearing because they're never going to have it in their minds. It's not in their wheelhouse. And it's just irritating to think that other people actually have that kind of money to waste on an automobile. It's okay. A Honda's better anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could argue that because I, I don't disagree at all. Japanese automobiles are really good. They are. And the Honda NSX in the 90s was the Ferrari killer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and and, and they came out with a new NSX, which is pretty cool, too. But, yeah, either way. Um, so a lot of people don't want to hear about that. But here's the funny thing. How things can be brought together with knowledge and not necessarily with your money. And that's an important thing. So let me let me uh, draw a picture or create some context here. So three weeks ago, <clears throat> a real estate agent came to me. Now, I want you to know that this is a regular occurrence. This is not something that some wild one-off never happens. This is like on a, on a regular basis for me. It's kind of one of the many things that I do. And the gentleman is a wonderful real estate agent. He's been to several of my classes. He likes to refer to me as the professor, and I I appreciate that. But he brings his client to me, and here's the situation. His client has built a multi-unit property that, 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 that will generate rents, and we'll call it just for this discussion, it has 24 doors. And this this property has the ability to make a lot of money. Now, this gentleman, like a lot of people is more a practitioner. And please understand, I'm not saying anything here to diminish anybody. And the fact that I'm talking about something that's real, I'm very conscious that I do not want to do that in any way, shape, or form. I just want to speak the realities of the situation. A lot of people go into things, you people who are in construction, contractors, as though you understand how business works or you know how to make money in real estate because you can flip properties. But if I ask you about the numbers, if the bank challenges you on your numbers, you don't have a clue. And the only thing you can do with your numbers maybe is go to see your CPA and pick up your 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 spreadsheet and give it to them. But don't ask me to explain anything because I have no idea. You are on dangerous ground and you are not alone because the vast majority of people are in that exact same boat and it's a horrible place to be. So this gentleman decided that he's going to build this new facility. And and this facility is not a small endeavor. It's it's nearly $2 million. But as he's doing it, he's doing it via bootstrap with his own money. And he, he has, you know, uh, not a million dollars of his own money, less than a million dollars of his own money. And it, I expect, starts taking on more costs than maybe he anticipated. He sinks every dime he has into it and then needs to go and get a hard money loan, a hard money loan. Now, hard money, if you don't know what that means, I do hard money and hard money is equity lending. In so much as if I give you a loan, the terms are such typically 20% interest. Now, if you think 20% interest is bad, that's we're not done. We're still going to charge you points. So if I lend you, uh, let's use a nice number, $100,000, I'm going to get 20% on that or $20,000. And it doesn't matter if, if you pay me next week or 11 months from now, 
It's a fee. It's not annualized over the months. It's a fee. Now, in addition to that, I might charge you, let's say, three points on that. Well, three points on $100,000 is another $3,000 on top of that. Now, when you lend hard money to people, if you're a hard money lender, you do a lot of research and due diligence, and you will always be collateralized in hard assets because if the person doesn't pay you, you want to know that you can readily get your money back. What does that mean? It means that I hope you never pay me back because if you don't pay me back, the 20% is going to pale in comparison to what I'm going to get because I'll have an equity position collateralized at possibly two or three to one. Meaning that if I foreclose on you on the collateral that I have, that I have, uh, hooked to the loan, I won't make 120,000. I'll make two or three hundred thousand dollars. That's how hard money works. So when you enter into an agreement like that, you better know that you can get it done. You better know that you're going to be firm on your timelines. And there better be enough profit margin, enough juice in this deal to be able to make it work. And see, when you're a hard money lender, I really don't care if you understand all of these things. Because in fairness, I've made the point already. I hope you don't pay me because then I'm going to get way more money. Well, it's exactly what happened with this gentleman. He he comes to me with, I mean, I think three, a little more than three weeks left before the drop dead date on the foreclosure. The foreclosure, I believe, is to happen March 12th or March 13th. That's the drop dead date. So the reality on this situation is that we got to raise a whole lot of money in a short period of time. And so they tell me the story. They tell me all about it. And I'm thinking about the timeline here. And maybe it was three and a half weeks. It's a Saturday. I think it was a Saturday when he came to see me. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a weekday. And I'm thinking, okay, um, we're going to need to have about four or five million dollars of of for 20 percent down um, or maybe a little more. Well, that's doable. Now, for some of you, the idea that you would raise four or $500,000 or more in a period of three weeks, I expect you think that is absurd beyond belief. Well, let me tell you this. It is pressure. It is pressure. But it gets worse. So I, fortunately, know many people in the banking industry, a number of, of presidents of banks, uh, those who are running them, vice presidents, heads of lending and things like that. So the next day, I make calls to three different banks laying out the story and asking them if we can move heaven and earth and get this thing financed if I can bring them the money. I'm bringing the bank a deal. And look, banks want to lend money if the deal is good. And the collateral position will be much greater, meaning that the value of the asset that he's created is significantly better than than what they will be lending. So they'll have a strong equity position. Equity position means debt to income ratio. Imagine if I buy a million dollar property and I have to put 20% down, that means $250,000 needs to be brought to the table and the balance of the loan, 750,000. So the bank knows that if you don't pay, they have an asset worth a million dollars and they can get their money back if they have to foreclose on you. So that's the point behind it. 
Well, the banks all tell me because this is going to be a commercial appraisal and because of all the things that will be required here, uh, very possibly uh, a study on the on the property itself and the timeline that it takes. There's no way that any of them believe they can get it done in time. Whoa. Well, this guy has left the the meeting believing that I can put it together. And I mean, I got to tell you, gratifying, isn't it? That somebody will leave a meeting and, and put their faith in me because let's also draw this picture out. He has a buyer who will buy the property for about $400,000 more than what he's going to sell it to our partners that we bring in. So our partners will feel confident because immediately we have something to sell to them in so much as they'll have instant equity when they buy it. And he's willing to give that up because the cash flow on this thing is so much better than the upside sale price of taking his money and running. It will produce so much more income. The gentleman is, I believe, in his 70s. He is not capable of getting a loan on his own because he doesn't have the income to qualify for the financing. At least he doesn't have the income now. To be able to do it with a property like this, you'll need two years of history on the property to show that it's profitable enough that it can qualify for the financing of its own volition because it now shows that it is a profitable venture and the income it produces will be enough to qualify for the loan without the individual really involved that much in terms of of income. Well, great, but that's two years from now and we don't have that right now. So I'm thinking I have to raise four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars, and now the bank tells me the loan can't be done. And if I am going to help him, I'm going to have to raise close to a million and a half dollars to get this done. And I've got three weeks to do it. So that's what we're talking about here. Now you can only envision me sitting at my desk. Remember, I talk about the fight or flight. I talked to you about the well of resolve. Those who have not put themselves through challenges are not going to hang with a program. This can't be done. We need more people. We need more time. Let's just throw, let's just forget about this. No way. Or we're going to find a way to make it work. That's the difference between having a deep well of resolve and saying whatever it takes, doesn't matter. We're going to do it versus somebody who says can't be done and walks away. And I'm sitting at my desk contemplating this very thing because this gentleman is putting this in my hands. And if he sells it to the person who wants to buy it, has a purchase agreement in his hand from this person, he'll walk away with several hundred thousand dollars. If he puts my faith, his faith in me, he won't be able to get that loan in the 11th hour because that loan can't be done. And he will lose those dollars if I don't do it. And he is looking to me saying, if you say you can do it, I'll forego this sale because I I have a belief that you can do it. Does that sound like pressure to you? Does that sound like pressure to you? And you can about imagine that if it doesn't happen, he's probably going to want to sue me, right? So, all right. So now we have to bring this deal together. So without a lot more detail beyond that, I'm going to tell you that I decided we're going to find a way to get it done. And so in that space and time, I have brought three people together who are collectively bringing all that money to buy it with cash. Now, the the reality is, I should tell you as well, that every one of these buyers is well aware that after we buy it with cash, we can go to the bank, do a cash out refi, and most likely pull out all of our money at less 25% left in. So if we were to buy it and put 25% into it, 
that 75% delta, we're going to have it in real money. But after it's over, we can go to the bank, we can get a loan, and it certainly once it's up and operational and occupied. So that's that's the, the, the backup story to that. Uh, that means that we've stabilized the property, we brought tenants in, now we go get a refinance and everybody can pull their money out. Now, question is, do they really want to do that because this thing creates so much income for their money, it's not going to be easy to find another deal that does the same thing. Nevertheless... That's what it is. So let's talk about some of the, the parameters of the deal. So number one, uh, by putting this together, the lending party is entering into a partnership with the current owner. The new partners will be entering into a partnership where the individual, this guy, who if he doesn't do this, is going to lose everything. We'll get nothing. When, remember, when you, when you foreclose on someone... Whatever it's worth, it can be worth a million dollars more than what you're owed. But if they can't come up with that money prior to the foreclosure date, the drop dead date, you own it for that. And if you sell it for a million dollars more, that seller gets nothing, zero. You get all the money. So you can only imagine how the hard money guy is salivating over this whole deal. You can only imagine. So this situation is that if we get you the money, then the partners are going to enter into 50% ownership on this property. And this property from day one will have about $400,000 worth of equity in it the day you walk into it. So that's something they're getting. They're also getting 50% ownership. However, the individual who, who, who is in current ownership of the property, could be soon to own nothing, as I've described, will maintain 50% ownership with the idea that he'll be buying those people out in a period of two to five years. There's a balloon on it. We'll talk about that a little, little bit down the road here. So he's going to get that, that money, but they're going to get 50% of the equity and 50% of the cash flow for pulling this together. He's foregoing that money because he knows the long-term hold on this thing, the ownership long-term, is worth infinitely more money than simply getting rid of it and getting, you know, Three four hundred thousand dollars. So let's take our first break, and we'll talk about what are the specific parameters as to how this deal is entered into, what he gets, what the new partners are going to get, and how these deals come together. They're complicated, but they can be done. For most of you, you own a single family home. You hear this kind of stuff, and you want to run on, run away with your hair on fire. This is crazy. I want you to know that when it comes to investment real estate, these deals are done like this all day, every day. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. Are you missing anything in your plan? Find out with JLN Financial's Retirement Checklist. If you could check all the boxes on the list, you may be ready for retirement. 
If not, Jay Allen Financial can help. Get this checklist now at rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. Jay Allen Financial offers insurance services. Investing involves risk. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and Jay Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the WOW experience. If you or anyone you know are in a financially challenged situation, listen. My name is Todd Rooker. For over 20 years, I've been helping people strategically plan for and deal with a financial crisis. My typical client may have previously had a substantial net worth and are now in fear of losing their personal home. My clients will often say, in the past, I was financially successful. However, at this point, I'm exhausting all of my financial resources trying to make my payments on time. I feel as though I'm simply delaying the inevitable by throwing good money after bad. So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, Dean and Lou, loan modification, credit counseling, or even bankruptcy? And then most importantly, how do I minimize the damage and rebuild my life when this disaster is over? This is my world, and I teach classes on those very topics. So if you or anyone you know is in this situation, or you want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. Hey, are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. William Foss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Ask for Billy. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we're going to go through this a little bit. But the point that I also want to make here is that this particular explanation of the way that this is going to be arranged and set up, and this is actually going on right now, is through what's known as an operating agreement. So the business structure that will hold this property will be an LLC, a limited liability company. That limited liability company will will hold uh, the property and the actual value within it. And when you own a an LLC, an LLC is a is a company, not a corporation, an S corp, subchapter S, or a C corp. Uh, they are corporations with shares. But with a an LLC, you have member units, but you can think of them in the same way. And the division of the value is based on the number of member units or shares that you have. So if you have 10, you take a million dollars and you divide it by 10. And that means each each member unit's worth 100,000. If you had more member units, you'd take the same value and it'd be divisible into that. Nevertheless, the the 
property itself is going to be in an LLC and there will be an operating agreement that clearly defines because partnerships are dangerous, dangerous. So uh, an operating agreement is an attempt to overcome that challenge wherein it, it attempts to anticipate all the things that could go wrong with a, with a partnership and create a clear path as to how it will be handled in the future when everybody has a clear head as compared with down the road when everybody is completely uh, immersed in it and invested in it, invested mentally and everything else, and then everybody goes to war and there never was an operating agreement and now we're going to spend more money in legal fees than the whole thing is worth in the first place. So that's what an operating agreement is about and this is essentially what I'm describing. This is the way things will be handled as per the arranged operating agreement. So... The new folks who are the partners are going to be 50% to bring that amount of money. The existing owner will now be 50%. Currently is 100% subject to the loans uh, or the financing that I just talked about with the hard money guy, as well as all of his own money, his life savings that he has sunk into this thing. So they're bringing money and all of them are essentially getting the same return based on the amount of money they get. So remember that if I bring more money or less, I don't make more money or less on the money. I get the same return as everybody else. It's just a a percentage based as compared with what I brought. And this means that, you know, if you're one half of the of the partner group, well, then you get one half of that value. So imagine that if a property has a 30% upside, well, that means the new partners getting 50% are going to get 15% upside and as, a, as an ROI, let's say. And that means that the, the current owner gets that. So they just cut their, cut their, their, what they're going to get in half. However, they're going to be able to keep it. And I should also say, because this guy's older, if I didn't already say it, he wants money, income. He's not so interested in building wealth and who isn't interested in that, but he's really interested because he's at an age of retirement that he has income to live on, uh, in addition to his social security. So it's kind of why he did this in the first place. So, all right. So those people are 50%. They are making that loan for that amount of money at 0%. And the loan will be collateralized by a first position mortgage in the property. So the folks who are putting the money in have security in that basically they own the property. Now, Technically, they don't. Technically, the LLC owns the property. But remember that when you talk about your home and you say, well, I mean, it's my home, but the bank owns it. What that really means is subject to the outstanding first position loan or multiple loans that are out there. Now, it's not true when you say the bank owns my house. You actually do own it. That's why your name is on the title. But it is, in fact, subject to the loan, which must be paid first upon a sale or a refinance. Exact same thing here. So they know that they have an asset that even without people in it is worth way more than what they're putting into it. And so if they just decided to sell it, they could sell it for more money than what they have into it. And they are guaranteed with a mortgage to be able to have that. So that's a lot of security. And you folks who are invested in your retirement accounts, you have money in your 401k, and most of you don't even have stock certificates and never even have seen them, much less being collateralized in a hard asset. 
So this is a lot of security, whether you understand real estate or not. It's a good thing. All right. They're making that loan and it is collateralized with that first position mortgage, which will be done. And there will be title insurance right from the very beginning. The buyout of either party, because the current owner wants to know that he will be able to buy those partners out. Now, the truth be told, we don't know who's going to buy who out because maybe the new partners owning 50% say, you know what, we'll buy you out because we've got the money, you don't, and we have an opportunity to do that. And that's why we're going to have a balloon in five years, which means in five years, after, after enjoying the income, one of them is going to buy the other one out. <clears throat> now, the only way that that cannot, that that will not happen is if we have mutual unanimous agreement amongst the, the, the group that they want to continue as it stands now or in an amended fashion. And, and they can always, if they agree unanimously, they can always do that. But if there's a disagreement, that's where we get into some different things. We're going to, we're going to talk about that here in a second. So, but it can't take place for two years and six months. Why is that? Because the existing owner wants to know that they have two years and six months to manage this property in such a way that it generates a profit. And if it generates a profit for two years running, that means that they can go to the bank with this property and think about an investment property, especially a commercial one, is essentially like buying a business in a box. It might not have as many moving parts, but it is essentially the same thing. So when you think about a business, it brings in revenue. It's the raw money that, that, that they are paid for the product or service they offer. It has costs and expenses to operate that business. And what is left is their profit. Right. Well, when you buy a commercial building, it's exactly the same thing. So when you can show that it is profitable, now that property can can qualify nearly on its own for its own financing without a lot of regard for the individual, assuming that the individual is solid and upstanding. Right. Assuming that they are, the bank and its formula to qualify for the loan is not looking to the individual very much. They're looking to the property to show that the property can be run effectively and profitably in so much as it can easily make the payments on the loan. And that's what the bank is looking for. But you typically have to do that for two years running before the bank will consider that. So we're going to give this guy two years and six months to do that. But... Either party must provide the other party with notice of intent to purchase no less than 120 days. So everybody knows what's going on because when this happens, remember, whoever walks away and sells is going to walk away with a chunk of money more than what they had when they started, which means that that difference between what we paid as as the new parties coming in and what this property is is going to be sold for in the future when one of them buys the other one out, that difference, that delta will be capital gain. And so whoever's selling most likely is going to want to do a 1031 exchange to be able to roll those funds into a new equal or greater property in terms of cost so that they can forego those capital gains. Well, we need time to do that. A 1031 exchange is a wonderful thing, but it is a delicate dance. It is not easy to do and it takes time. 
and you have to find the property probably before you even sell the one that you're in. And so we want to have enough time to be able to do that for whomever chooses to be bought out, purchased out of their their interest in the property. We want them to have adequate time to be able to find a property to do a 1031 exchange when they're purchased out of their interest in this property. So we're going to do that. We're going to take another break here and we'll come back and I'll continue explaining the parameters of this deal. I'm giving you an idea of what it is like. Involved in, in creative financing to purchase investment real estate. I hope I'm also making the point that these people are bringing all of this money. And if he had, if this other gentleman had found this property, not even built it himself, we might still be willing to bring the money and give him 50%. Maybe even if he has none of his own money, if he finds the right property. So there goes the idea that everybody says, well, this is of no interest to me because I don't have that kind of money. Knowledge is more valuable than money. We'll be back in a moment. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. Does your sump pump run constantly? Do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty-smelling basement? These issues are caused by water coming off your roof, draining into your basement. Gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664 or go to his website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul, 
651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number is 612-271-4047. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back. <clears throat> so let's delve right back into <clears throat> how to bring the deal together. <clears throat> so... When the new LLC is formed, I've already described what dilution means or what what the number of member units or shares is. And so, you know, if you had 10 people who were all equally bringing, let's say we needed a million dollars, we had 10 people bringing $100,000. Well, then undoubtedly we would have, we could have 10 member units if we had 50-50 in the same way with 10 investors who brought the million dollars, well, then maybe we'd have 20 and 10 of those member units would be owned by one party and the other 10 units would be owned by the new partners that represent 10 people with $100,000 each. That's an example. Here, we don't need to cloud the waters because we're going to have one group and that group are the partners. They're all together collectively with their money. They represent one member unit And the current owner represents another member unit. So the dilution is only going to be two. Uh, Double what it is as a single member LLC. (laughs) There's two. All right. But the new folks, uh, I should make this point. Um, It's a hairy thing when you call somebody an investor. So a lot of you out there, real estate agents all day, every day, will talk about I'm looking for investors. Well, let me tell you what, real estate agents, you better not be looking for investors unless you have a register, registered your your uh, opportunity with the state and or you have gone even farther. Uh, because if you do not have proper registration, you do not call it an investment because if you do, you can go to jail. A real estate partnership is where you're bringing people to where people come together to form a, an agreement and uh, and and put something like this together. And the main thing that separates them from being raw investors who just bring the money and do absolutely nothing is that they have participation. Participation, very important, because even if you are really smart and you bring them together and they are not involved whatsoever in the deal. You could still get yourself in a lot of trouble. Now, the reality is that if nothing goes wrong, well, then there will probably not be any trouble. But if things go wrong and people get mad and somebody goes to see an attorney who's maybe a securities attorney and says, whoa, you can't be doing that. And now we've got we've got basis for a lawsuit. So in this agreement, 
in this agreement, the new uh, partners are going to be the managing members of the LLC, which means that they are absolutely going to be participating in the running and management of this to forego that challenge. And that's very important here. So they are going to be the managing members and they're going to be involved in the day-to-day, the decision-making and all of those things. So it's going to be virtually impossible to say that the new uh, partners are not a part of the operations because in fact they are, they're the managing members. Additionally, because they are bringing the money, and it's all of their money on the line, infinitely more money than than the existing owner has into it, those managing members will be able to maintain control. Now, control goes this way. If we have 10 members and five members say yay and the other five members say nay, whoever the managing member is breaks the tie. So in this case... The new partners are the managing members who will break the tie if there's a dispute. So they maintain control. That's a part of our operating agreement. Very, very important here. Next thing, the sale of this property, because of what I've just told you, nobody can say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to sell part of my interest. You know, I, I, I've got 50% of the value of this ownership of this, of this entity, this, this, this endeavor. And I'm going to sell 10% to my brother-in-law. No, no, you cannot do that. Because in the scheme of an LLC, regardless of your interest in the property, everyone gets an equal vote. Doesn't necessarily work that way, A shares and B shares with a corporation where you have shares. But with an LLC, whoever, how you can have 10 members and every you might own half and the other members own half, but those Whoever has the, the, the managing member, they'll break the tie if in fact there is a tie. So because there's only two, if there's ever a dispute, those who have all their money into it maintain control. Very important. That's the way it is here. So that's a, obviously a very good thing. There is going to be two points that will be charged, uh, for, for originating this new financing. Two percentage points. Well, two percentage points on 1.5 is about $30,000. So that's a chunk of money right there, isn't it? So that's going to be charged. The reason, as I've said, that nobody can bring in a partner, I'm just reiterating this, is because you can't dilute the partnership and now you and your brother-in-law who has 10% now can outvote us even though we're the managing member. We have restricted anybody's ability to do that. So that's a very good piece of this this pie as well. There is a five-year balloon. Made that point earlier. So neither party can buy the other party out. That's very important until at least two years and six months have elapsed. But at the end of that five years, someone has to buy the other one out or there has to be unanimous agreement as to how we will move forward. Right now, we have the existing owner who is desperately wanting to buy this thing out for himself because it represents a ton of consistent ongoing income in the form of a dividend. So describe a dividend. We've got those who will rent, paying to create the revenue source. We have the expenses of operating that building. And then we have the money that's left over. In this particular instance, this property is going to generate over $20,000 a month in income. 
And that's when we calculate that there will be vacancy. So we don't have to have the building completely filled up to have $20,000 a month in income, which means that each one of the parties is going to redeem 50% of that if that actually happens in that way, $10,000 per month. Whoa. So who wouldn't want to own this entire building when it produces that level of income? But you can't do it until five years are up. Now, important point as well. Okay, if you're going to buy me out, in five years, or I'm going to buy you out in five years. How's that going to happen? I mean, because if I want, if you, you know, when you, when you look at your property taxes, some of you have done this, you fought with the city and you've said, yeah, you raised my property taxes X number of dollars. And you know what? There's no way my property's worth that much. And you go and argue, maybe you get an appraisal or maybe you get a current market analysis or you say, you know what? If it's worth that much, buy it from me because I'll sell it if you think it's worth that much to generate that much in property taxes. Yeah, you fight to the death. But then when you go to sell it, now it's a different ballgame, isn't it? Now you want it to be as much as possible. Well, imagine that if I'm being purchased out of it, well, I want the number to be as high as it can be. And if I'm buying someone out of it, I want the number to be as low as it possibly can be. Wow, there's a dichotomy of thought, huh? So how are we going to arrive at that number that we can agree upon? Well, in my world, I tell clients whom I teach to buy property that I like to buy at eight Forgive me. I like I like to buy at eight. Yep. And I like, sorry, just taking a cup of coffee here. My sip of coffee. I like to buy at eight and sell at six. What does that mean? Well, 8% capitalization rate means that if I were to take my money and buy this property with cash, no mortgage, no mortgage, no financing, no loan, and this property produced this much money in the form of lease payments or rent payments, And minus the cost of managing and running it, maybe I do or don't have utilities, maybe the tenant pays that, maybe I I do or I don't have property taxes, and whatever expenses I have, what's left on a monthly and annual basis? What's that number? Well, whatever that number is, if I were to take the exact same amount of money and put it into another outside investment, and each month that investment gave me this much money in income in the form of a dividend that kicked out this much money every single month in the form of a dividend, what would the rate of return have to be to accomplish that? That's what a capitalization rate is. It calculates the purchase price, the dividend that remains after the expenses, the rent minus the expenses, and whatever's left with reasonable vacancy, management, maintenance, and all other expenses, whatever's left, what would it have to produce in the form of an ROI, return of investment, to get that number every single month in that nice, consistent income stream? That's why we call it buying or purchasing an income stream. So, That's the number. Well, that means 8%. That's what that means, 8%. Well, 8% in a consistent income stream is a lot. You put your money in a bond fund. You put your money in an annuity. You put your money in in, uh, dividend-paying stocks. And getting that amount of money on a consistent basis is, frankly, unheard of. It can be done. It's rare. And you can't guarantee it because it goes up up and down. This isn't guaranteed either because maybe you don't have tenants. But you've got a property, a supported hard asset, and it's really good. Well, remember that 
if I have it at an eight, if I buy it at an eight and I sell it at a six, that means that if I raise the price, then the cap rate for the amount that I pay now is less because it costs me more money and the same amount of dividend is produced regardless whether I sell it for a million or a million two. So if I raise that number to a million two, now my cap rate goes from 8% to 6%. So hence my point, I try to buy my properties at an eight cap and I try to sell them at a six. Well, the agreement here with this is that we're going to arrive at the value upon buyout. Now that can happen anytime after two years and six months or prior to the five-year balloon when someone has to buy it out and then we're going to determine value. One of the ways that we're going to determine value is with an appraisal that both parties agree upon. I don't mean the end result they agree upon. I mean they agree upon who they're going to use as the appraiser. And so they're going to split that cost and whatever that appraiser comes up with. Now, there's multiple methods of valuing a property. But I will tell you this. When I am a guy who is looking to buy a property and make money on it, the valuation, the cash valuation method is really the only one I'm interested in. What does this property produce in income? When you sell your home, your single family home, you're looking at comparables. That actually is a valuation. That actually is one way to look at selling a business or selling a property like this. I throw that right out the window. I am interested in selling to someone who understands this. Maybe, maybe not, but I certainly do understand it. And the way I look at a property is through that method. So, When I look at the four methods, I'm really going to be looking at the cash valuation method. Now, they're going to make an appraisal based on that. Well, I don't know because in many cases when they do, when they do an appraisal, they will meld the different methods together to arrive at a number that kind of splits the difference between all of them. It's either going to be that method and we're going to probably employ a person to do it. But then we're also going to use the method that I just described, which is the capitalization method. And that capitalization method is going to split the difference. So I try to buy it at eight and I know other people are trying to sell it at six. Hey, we negotiate. We split the difference at seven. I'm okay with that. Well, if we get a valuation and it gives us a number and then we also are going to look at the value based on a cap rate of seven, we're going to take whichever one is the highest. So we're going to do an appraised valuation and we're going to do a capitalization valuation and whichever method yields the higher number, that will be the buyout number. That is a very, in my mind, that is a wonderful way to split the difference and keep both parties happy. Let's take another break real quick and we'll come back. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Social Security. You've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of it? Jim Baer and his team at J. Allen Financial can show you ways to do that with their free Social Security report. 
Download your copy today at rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. JL and Financial offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and JL and Financial are not affiliated companies. JL and Financial is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or governmental agency. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? Their attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years experience in this highly specialized field and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly and most importantly, help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think, but don't waste time. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. That number again, 763-559-3800. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, folks. Well, we don't have a lot of time here, so I'm going to try to wrap this up. The reality of of this property is that as soon as it is leased up, we have all the tenants in it and it's stabilized. The value of this property is going to go to about two and a half million dollars. So there is tremendous upside for both parties here. Tremendous upside for both parties. Uh, A million dollars in a relatively short period of time. And of course, obviously, as the rent or lease payments go up every year, there'll probably be a three percent bump every year or more in the rents overall. That means that the value goes up, up, up. So this is a win-win big time for the employer, for the for both parties, both partners, uh, and that's why they're both willing to come together to make it happen. So <clears throat> these, you know, I teach the numbers to people all day, every day, and whether you choose to be a finder uh, or a person who brings the money or both, you got to know the numbers. Uh, I had a gentleman. He's came to see me for several years. He says, Todd, he says, I love coming. My best part of my week is coming to talk with you for two hours every week. He said, and I love it. I I, I will not stop coming. But I got to be honest with you, Todd. I make really good money in my job and my company. I am never going to be the finder. I'm just not. But I would be interested in being the guy who brings the money. I, I love it. Uh, and And I would love to do that. Okay, great. I said, really? How much? He says, oh, I don't know, quarter of a million dollars, $250,000. And I say, okay, great. I, I appreciate that. Thanks for being so honest with me. A couple months later, I call him up and I say, listen, I'm going to be sending you over one of our spreadsheets that I've taught you well how to look at, how to understand, and how to analyze. And I'm going to call you back in about a half an hour and we're going to review it. So I call him back in a half an hour. We talk a little bit about it. And he says, man, this looks good. This is really good. 
Um, man, uh, you know, I am very interested in this. Tell you what, Todd, I'm on vacation right now. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. And when I get home, I'll give you a call. We'll figure out a time to get together and we can talk about this. I said, you have 15 minutes to tell me yes or no. Whoa, 15 minutes. Well, Todd, I, I, I just, I just don't make decisions that fast. Well, then listen, don't tell me you want to be the guy who brings the money. You have to understand the numbers. You have to have the capacity to be decisive. And if you don't, then don't tell me you can. That's it. That's the way it works. Because when you have a good property, you're not the only one who knows that. And if you're not decisive, and if you can't pull a deal together, and if you don't know how to deal with the terms, you know, the interest rate, hey, is if, if it's owned by somebody who, who doesn't have a loan, hey, current interest rates are 7%. You're telling me that you want, you want you know, a million five? Tell you what, I'll give you a million six. But I want you to carry the financing. It'll decrease your capital gains because you're going to walk away with the money instead of taking it all at once and getting killed at the very top tax bracket. We'll pay you 25% down. You'll carry the financing and we'll do it at 3.5%. And instead of doing over 20 years, we'll amortize it over 25 or 30 years. Our payment's acceptable. We can make the numbers work and you get the money. Show me the money. Hey, I'll give you price if you give me my terms. It's all about the deal. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN.